Hey, and welcome to the Dream Nation Love Podcast. Today on the show, I have Jenny Ren Stotrup, and she's amazing because she is also my amazing podcast producer slash editor, and I'm so excited to speak with her. She's been working with me for about a year now, and she's a Swiss Army knife. I love her so much. She makes my show sound really, really great, and I can come to her with any questions when it comes to audio production and podcast. She's the bomb. She's an audio producer. She's also a musician, storyteller, a vocalist, and a podcast advocate, and she's based out of Portland, Oregon, one of my favorite cities in the whole entire world. And if you want to know more about her, you can check out her website at grittybirds.com that's g-r-i-t-t-y b-i-r-d-s dot com this year in 2021 she launched the podcasters forum and that's a platform to support content creators growth definitely check it out especially if you're a podcaster this is really an episode for podcasters but anyone continue in we have a lot of really interesting information that we talk about that is super accessible to anyone pretty much she's been a huge help for this show and I'm so glad that we met. What I love about Dream Nation Love is that I get to work with women and diverse people and this is the best part, right? Doing things that you love with friends. I hope you enjoy the podcast just as much as we enjoy recording it. So take a listen and have a wonderful day or night or whatever else is happening in your life. Good night. And that's my baby crying. Jenny, I'm so excited to have you on the show in 2021 and we're like recording and you're here and I get to see your beautiful face because I always just see you through email and like I only see you on like Instagram or something and that's like a second removed version of like this if this is like a one step removed from a live person then like Instagram and social is like maybe twice removed because it's not in real time. Yeah. That is so real and it was one of the issues that like informed the work, some of the work I'm doing right now. Cause when you can't connect with people, how do you connect with people? Like figure it out and find solutions that can solve some of those frustrating problems of disconnection that we get in a time where we just have so much disconnection. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that we connected because you helped me connect with other people because <laughs> I just I can't do it all today and you know so yeah. much more than I do and you're so technical and I love it and you've been such an awesome awesome addition to Dream Nation Love and uh, I'm just really looking forward to the many few years that we have in ahead of us to the many few years yeah. to the many years that we have ahead of us and <laughs> no, um, don't get too dark there Oh, man, you know, I I haven't been dark for the pandemic, but it's kind of weighing on me. I'm like, okay, like, we're still not out. This is there was a guy in our office when we first went into lockdown when our agency closed. He was like, oh, we're going to be back in a few months. I'm like, no, it's going to take us a year or two. And he was like, no, you're you're out of your mind. I'm like, no, that's like on a bright side. And he was like, whatever. And now I'm thinking it might be even longer. It might be like three years. I think that conversation has come up a lot. And when it first started, I remember talking to friends and it was, if this was a year, how far do you think we are in it? And at that point, we were at the beginning of the year, it was like April. And I said, I think we're like in January. And they sat there and said, are you, are you serious? And I said, well, I don't mean this sound hurtful, but there's a lot that needs to even recover. So I do think next year there's going to be a lot of normality, but being a person who came from the music world and the venue world, there's 
such a long trail. And I mean, being in my late 30s, I also went through the the economy crash a decade ago, and I, I had a huge shift even then. So we have to be able to kind of figure out the ways that we can be resilient, especially if we actually have work or are doing businesses to be able to make that plan for forward. Those plans and those strategies are the things that allow us to be able to keep moving forward when we're feeling really stressed out. We say, okay, okay, okay. I think I need to start bringing my morning runs back in. That was the thing this week. And today I went for a long, wonderful uh, stair climb with some friends. And we'd brought that up last night because we were all like, oh my God, none of us slept well this week. I think we need to start really getting our exercising in and all of us run businesses. So it was a really nice thing. And I loved it. I saw a coyote this morning. I thought it was a fox and I actually thought it was a coyote. And I'm like, no, it must be a fox. And I almost caught the video and then posted and friends were like, oh, there's definitely coyotes. That was definitely a coyote. And just to be able to be like, I caught nature and I wasn't just like still in my bed was a huge, huge difference for me. And I, I love being able to make those small paradigm shifts. Yeah, it's so important getting your endorphins high and you're in Portland and Portland is so beautiful. Like it's just an outdoor place. It's so important to just get out and uh, and move your body. I'm slowly starting to get back after a year after being pregnant and like all my ligaments are all screwed up and like my pelvis is all weird. and I'm just like trying to push things into place so I can start exercising again because I, I miss it. It's so hard not to have that in your life when it's a pandemic. But um, but speaking of the music world, right? Like you sing, you have a lovely voice, and um, and I just wonder, like, what your dream was as a kid? Like, how did that bring you to podcasting? What did you want to be when you were little? I feel like I wanted to be a lot of things. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz. I think there was like a little while I wanted to be a nurse because uh, I like to help people and my aunt was a nurse. So that was a brief moment. I wanted to be an actress on Broadway, you know, the triple threat very, very much. I couldn't dance. So that was that was the big drop. I I was really shy growing up. My parents and are both from Minnesota and we would spend a lot of time on the road in the summer. And as an adult at 18, I got diagnosed with ADHD. And one of the things about that is like the dream world for me was very, very real. And I had a really lovely childhood, but it was a lot of time in the car going up to Minnesota to see our family or in the summers traveling. There were teachers, a lot of times in books and listening to music and singing We Sing. And there was a lot of imagination involved in it. And I liked being able to play with imagination and I loved the creative side of me. And I was someone who caught on to stuff really quick. I was able to excel and my brain would go a lot of different ways and be able to find solutions to different things. And I had a natural musicianship. So music came really, really easily for me. And I was always playing with the tape recorder and also started studying voice. You know, there was just good opportunities and Iowa was a great place to be. And I was like a pretty like kind of straight edge kid, kind of not meaning to be. I just was really shy and but also had like a big personality and didn't really know what to do with that. So I feel like eventually there's a lot of stories like my journey is a long one and I've lived a lot of lives. The thing is, it's like there was always this element of curiosity. So if we want to come down to one thing, I can tell about all the things that happened. But anytime there was a point where something didn't click or some bad thing happened in as far as 
what I was doing and what I thought the dream was happening, a, a, a spark of creativity or curiosity came. And I was able to build off the previous thing to be able to build something new that built into it. So podcasting came about because in 2012, I had bet I got into this really kind of this band that had gotten really a little well, like, well, it got really well known uh, in Portland and then on, a bit in the West Coast, this band called Shy Girls. And it ended up being a ton of gigs. You know, we we did some like small travels, like we ended up down in LA, we ended up winning Best New Band in Portland. But that year I did a Kickstarter for my album and I ended up recording that year and I spent time in the studio. But in the beginning of it, I started doing media appearances. So I was going on radio and I was going on podcast. And when I kind of went through my album cycle and was kind of burnt out by it, didn't have new songs in me, I'd been performing at this point for 20 years, I decided to start a podcast and interview the people that I had met over the previous two years in the music industry. And it's been an amazing journey because it's about conversations and about even a personal journey if you're doing your own shows, because you just are in a place of curiosity and learning constantly and openness because you're putting yourself out there in a way that's very present. Well, you know, I think that last line, you know, being open and putting yourself out there, that goes back to ADHD. I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. I've never been diagnosed with it, but if you ask anybody, I'm, I'm on the scale, I'm on the spectrum, but I think that's what makes, it's like a superpower for you and it's a superpower for me. I wouldn't say that openness has to do with ADHD. I would say where I've closed off is because it's a lot to be able to handle ADHD because it's a lot of, it's not even the stimulus. It's not about, I I think that for me, maybe the the curiosity hundred percent, but the openness is different because I feel like I haven't always been able to, because I had to learn how to shut myself off because it was really, it is really challenging to be in the public eye. And for years, I just didn't want to be anymore. Now I've been as I'm building everything out, it's actually been really nice, you know, stepping into a bigger end of like business and uh, entrepreneurship and what that means for self-care in a really deep way. And even that coaching sense is like, as I coach other folks, because it's really easy to get excited. And this is what I see so often with podcasters. And that's an amazing thing. But what do we do to be able to maintain it? And so much of my work that I've done in the last six years has had to do with like, helping create content in big ways about being able to plan things out so that you can be able to manage your life and still be able to have it and to be able to handle all the hate that's going to come your way because there's so much love that comes and to be able to have, be able to maintain your relationships too, because that all can be very, very challenging. And that part can really be where the ADHD um, things, because there's so much research finally out there can come in because it feels a lot more sensitive for somebody who does have ADHD because there's just certain things that we have that there's a reaction that happens. The brain just goes here it's and impulsive. we're like, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep the impulsive. Yeah. The impulsivity. Yeah. Yeah. But there's, there's also like studies in about, uh, I've been just learning about this recently, uh, that has to do with the kind of like the sudden depressions that come from it, which is really fascinating and has really informed me as a human, as I'm, you know, just figuring out the next steps of everything that I'm doing as an entrepreneur. I think I have hypomania. I'm like, now that I'm actually admitting to it. Um, so I have like highs up and downs, but I try to manage them. But one, one thing about hypomania is that sometimes you tend to make bad business decisions. So I have to like, really like 
chill myself out because mine is like, I really want to launch this. I love this. I launch it. But you have to like really take a step back and be like, should I launch it? Should I put my energy towards that for the next five years? Like, and but, but it's also great for serial entrepreneurship because it, it helps you like hit your head against the wall multiple times. It can be. I mean, I'm right now, a couple of the, the talks that I'm doing are still like heading toward launches, but really kind of e- not even thinking about that, but also personality types. So I've been working on is all about like archetypes and how our personality types. And I love personality tests. I love being able to do like tarot cards and things just for my creativity as a writer. I used them for years with my students. As a teacher, I taught writing and I loved doing writer's workshops and creative work. That was a huge, huge part of things. And the part where you're self-exploring allows you to break through walls, but everyone's a little different. And I was really kind of exploring about how that might be creating a block for you as a podcaster. If you have a certain concept of it, it, it is like you're saying, I, I shouldn't be starting that business right now. What should I, what steps should I take first versus just doing it? Because there are people who are like a, the easy breezy podcaster. They're like, we're doing it. We've got it going on. We're doing it. And I'm like, okay, cl- connect the mic. Yulia, connect the mic. Right. I've worked with so many people and I'm really starting to see the differences and figuring out how to coach them based on who they are. And it's really helped me to be able to be a better coach instead of being like, this is what you should do because I did it because it's not, it doesn't work. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's almost like um, if you start looking at people's personalities as music, musical notes, right? So you mm-hmm. have like one that's like a low note, another one that's like a high note like everybody's vibrating at a different frequency I do like the idea of frequency and and that might be something I'm gonna explore within this because I feel like I'm exploring right now the beginnings of it and still finding the language for it and even that's been the case with the podcasters forum they're like what's going on and when you're putting something out in the world because I'm one who can be like I spent nine months, like me personally, I spent nine months working on my podcast before I released it. And I put it out on my birthday and I did a launch show and I got press and PR. I mean, so I'm on the, the longer side of things and it's helped me to start being looser with things. Like it feels really uncomfortable, but I've learned, I'm the one who needs to be, take the cues from the easy breezy podcasters as well. And so it ends up being really positive for me to work with people who do that because what I've learned also is, is that when you hold on too long, you don't get to have that feedback loop. You don't have the relationship that's going on, but when you can loosen up and get things out quicker, it's okay if it's not going perfect. Lean if that dirtiness is there because you'll figure it out. And it's been a little, it's been interesting to be in a stage of everything where I haven't figured out what the heck it all is, but I've, I've got a really solid idea, but I don't mind that it's shifting. That's part of the journey. And it's been a really positive part of my journey recently to finally embrace that side that I've really been resistant to. Yeah, you're working lean and you can iterate. It's like if you look at Joe Rogan's stuff that he released like 10 years ago, it's like, ugh. you know, even my early stuff, like my audio was awful. Like, and by the time I kind of got to you, my audio has been improving slowly and slowly and slowly and slowly. So, but you know, you're not going to make these um, mistakes and you're not going to learn and you're not going to know how to improve unless you make them. So I'm really excited for your new venture. It's the podcasters forum. Now um, what inspired it and what is it? And where can I get a t-shirt? I really want a t-shirt. I want to order one. Make some t-shirts. I know. <laughs> Bianca is talking about that. She's she's on the team. And I would say the podcasters forum started. It was a it was it's been a long thing because I love community 
And in the music world, I was really tied to community. And that was so important to me. But as life shifted, I felt less and less connected. And that was really challenging. I was going through like some pretty major personal challenges and just really figuring out how to explore that. But that meant I cut off, like the openness really went out the door. But I, but I wanted that so badly. I was a teacher. I ran classrooms, you know, and in podcasting, it, it was this sense of, okay, what if I did this? And so I podcast Portland and that's kind of kind of exists. And I really am proud of a lot of people who've done stuff in there, but like, it just never landed. I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing too much, et cetera. And as I have moved along, I had Gritty Birds. So Gritty Birds is the is my was my podcast and it's also my brand. And it's it's both of those pieces. It's like this brand that ended up building after Jenny Ren, which is my music. So when I hit this area with Gritty Birds podcasting, I've been giving a lot of workshops. And one of the things I was missing was the connection in the workshops like post where I'm developing relationships. And I'd had a series of speaking engagements last winter that went really well. And I had great relationships engagements from them. I ended up getting really involved in some other communities in podcasting, which were incredible. And through those, you know, it was just, it was like, I had ideas and I was like researching a lot of things other people were doing. Some of it was landing, some of it wasn't. And I finally said, oh my gosh, I need to take a step up. It's time to stop DIYing things. And it's time to really follow the advice that every coach friend has been giving me, go really deep with it and and really take a huge step up. And that was very terrifying because at this point, I'm a, I've been, I get paid primarily for working under the shows. So I do a lot of production and it was like Gritty Birds podcasting, then Gritty Birds podcasting presents, then Gritty Birds podcasting Academy presents. And it was just like the words just kept getting longer and Gritty Birds was getting farther away from the audio stuff that I loved. And the brand was just getting really convoluted. And one day uh, after Bianca came on, she said, I was like, man, Bianca, I don't, her Q and A just isn't like landing. I just want to come up with another name. And at this point I'd been developing my content, like this content plan, all of the stuff that is going to be coming out for close to a year and a half, but it just didn't have a home. It didn't quite fit with the brand. And I was just like doing my Google and I found the podcasters form and I'm like, Oh my God, this is it because yes, it is about other people there. And that was, that was what I was looking for. I wanted that collaboration. I missed talking to other podcasters. I missed the conferences. I didn't want it to be, I didn't want to be the guru, even though I actually am putting together these courses. There is that element. Of you are the guru, but right. But I, but it was also like, I want to be able to have those conversations and I want to bring those to the people, bring those to the people, but not just on a podcast. I like working with video and multimedia. I've always liked working with video and multimedia. I, I got a cartridge subscription. I spent a month, I built a new website and this whole membership backend and then released that on January 5th and put out pretty much like, hey, this is my big vision. And people were like, that's cool. And then it was like, now what? And the cool part was, is I feel extremely blessed for like the community that I have in the podcasting world. There's been a lot of changes. And even by the time, I don't even want to go too deep into like what it is. And by the time this comes out, because so much is going to be shifted because what that's been the difference is like at the beginning, I was like, this is what the pay levels gonna be like. This is how you're going to get involved. This is what it's going to be. But that wasn't the reality of it. And what, and my women's group was one of the things that I loved about it, uh, the visions as I was heading ahead, because we have this monthly group and it became so huge to me this year. And when we were meeting in zoom groups, I was able to actually 
have follow-up and relationships and see people's faces. And my Zoom things were fun, but I was like, I want this in the podcasting world and not just in these little pockets where I have them, but like in the community that I'm forming. But I wanted something that worked with men and women and with a diverse crew. Cause like I have a, like my community is very diverse. That's really always been very important to me. I really, it's very, very key to my identity making sure that that equity is there. And it's just, it's just fun to be able to learn from all these folks. And the content that we have out, I think is the easiest way to describe it right now for the right now. And then there's a long-term vision, but the podcasters forum is a place where podcasters can come and have access to resources and to, to people who know things like, you know, who are service workers, but also maybe who are just podcasters who are doing amazing things. Like uh, a good example is our, one of our speakers this month is Rachel O'Rourke and Rachel is an, it runs uh, spark and it's a really well-known storytelling community that has done stuff nationally. She's an amazing, amazing coach. And the thing about Rachel is like, she like just kills it everywhere. And then she was in our group and I'm like, I want you to speak this month. She goes, I don't know what I talk about in podcasting. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is what we're doing in our businesses, in our careers. And it's not just about being service workers and the stuff that we do, but there's this mix of it. So the podcasters forum is about both sides of that and connecting people and actually having a relationship in those meetings in person. You know, we're building small pieces. And then I have my membership site, which has all of my old live courses. And then I've been developing new courses that I'm filming and editing. And the courses that I'm launching, the long-term ones are going to be living on the Podcasters Forum site. So it is actually a, like a strong membership community. And then Gritty Birds is staying my production company. And it's also staying my, my audio nerd stuff over on YouTube. So now I'm not watering down my Gritty Birds YouTube stuff. And it's totally audio nerd because I was finding, I had the people who loved what I was teaching in audio and doing. I had the people who loved what I was doing on a general basis. And I had my service worker people and they were like three different audiences. And it was like, well, how do I, what the heck do I do with this? You know, people like, how do you niche down? And I'm like, I I don't want to niche down. I want to expand. The curiosity came back in. Like, I do want to sing again. There's just pieces that we want to be able to do, but how can I do the content easily? So it's really engaging. And if we want to say, how does it begin? Like, let's come back to it is uh, in March after I did uh, one of a client's launch, I said, okay, you know, every time I notice something that's not working for them. And I said, I'm going to do it to myself. I'm going to put myself through it. And I did, I put myself through it. And now I put other people through it. Every time something doesn't work, I tweak it. Like, it's not about always changing it. It's just constantly slightly having it evolve. And those courses, I'm excited when those do like really launch, but I am giving myself space for it. We're putting out a lot of content. I really like the community that we're building and I don't want to rush it. But I think when I think about, how, you know, even where I was two weeks ago versus now, I just love how many people I get to talk to and how much I've learned from other folks and what's building. And I'm excited about things in a huge, huge way. And it's, and that's exciting because it's all going to work out. I was going to say Clubhouse is starting to monetize. They're moving towards paying the content creators and creating rooms and stuff and having subscriptions. And I love your Clubhouse hangs. I haven't been able to like drop into all of them, but I really do enjoy them. They're really fun. And I love the fact that you're organizing such a podcasting community on Clubhouse and on Instagram and on Facebook. And you're like across all these platforms. But what 
is really great about the podcasters forum is that it's kind of like a platform in itself. So it's a platform. It's a bunch of classes that you can take. It's almost like an academy, but it's also a community. So you're bringing all these three things together. Like you're, you're becoming a hub, which is so nice. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, is that I've always, even in the music world, people are like, you know, everybody in every community. And that's always how I've been. And when I was younger, I had friends in like lots of different crews. That's always been me. I am and, and it's the same here. It's like when uh, when I was getting this going, the people who I was contacting like run these communities. I wasn't just sitting there being like, I'm going to be the competition because like if I'm going to live a life like that, then I'm going back to the place of fear that I was when I was getting started and, and like that place that just didn't get me anywhere. And the more I'm just like, yeah, I don't mind if, you, if you're not into this. Like, I don't like you can go, but I'm not saying that in a mean way. But it, it is one of those things where it's like, that respectful place is I think people should have that. And I'm really excited to, to, for the people that I'm just like loving on right now who are loving on me. And well, yes, there's hate mail. There's been hate mail. It's really weird. There has also been like love mail, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And, and, and there's just that excitement and glow that's coming that I'm seeing in the mirror from other people. Well, you know, there's always going to be hate, but there's always going to be love. That's the bright side to it. And I, I also think I, yeah. I'm like, th I'm also realizing that's why we're friends because you're a floater and I'm a floater. So like people, yeah. I bet you people, they couldn't really ping you, you know, like people didn't really, like they couldn't really get me. They were like, I don't really understand. It's such a weird statement when someone's like, cause I'll get someone <laughs> that you'll sit there and they'll look at you and they go, right. I don't get you. And you're because just they like, can't like put you into a box. They can't. I've never, people have never been able to put me in a yeah. box and that's confused. But the funny statement is when that happens. Cause like friends are like, that was so mean. They said that. And I'm like, it's true. Like, I don't know. You're like, <laughs> you're like, that's fine. I'm like, that's you're okay. like, yeah, that's okay. That is all right. And I'm like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter because the people that get you are the ones that you really want to be friends with. Like those are your tr tribe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah it's it's like it's like oh you like strawberries i like strawberries let's like strawberries you know or like let's but it's it's okay it's it makes life more fun that's what i think and i know you have so many questions that come to you about creating content because you've been doing media for such a long time you know the question that comes up the most about creating content like podcasts like do you see one that pops up a lot there's lately there have been so many conversations because of Clubhouse where people are getting misinformation and there's all these different questions. But I feel like the one that everyone asks about is about monetization. And it's such a tricky one. And this is really the area where if I get people upset with me, and this is the same thing where if I'm asking about money, 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 money is the number one place where couples fight, where podcasters fight, where client relationships get weird, all of it. Like it, there, it's always about money and having that relationship around money is something that I, you know, I stress about everyone stresses about like, so it becomes the hardest thing to have a conversation about, but it's also tricky because it's the first thing everybody wants to figure out how to do or not do. And the reason that it's so challenging to have a conversation around is because with podcasting, almost everyone like discovers later on, I wish that I'd known about this earlier, or I would have done that differently. But the thing, or, and it wasn't that they do it differently. It's more like, I wish I'd known about that earlier, or if I'd been able to have that money, I could have. So there's a lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas. And 
the, 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 the frustrating part about that is that like, I hear it, but if it's not time, it's money, or it's making something a little thinner than it could be, or more than it needs to be. And having those resources go somewhere else. And with podcasters, some people don't want to spend anything. And this comes back to the personality types. Uh, and I think this is one of the reasons I got hate mail this week. And it was from a workshop. And it was like, well, it's hard to be type A and only want to spend five hours in your podcast and not spend any money. And I, the, I, don't, I say this like with love in my heart because I was that person. I had a narrative music podcast. I spent 25 hours a week and didn't get paid for it. And it like was an amazing experience. It taught me a ton. I have so much good out of it, but I was applying for grants and working with volunteers who were working for like two hours, helping where they could because I was at the radio station. So it really, I had a lot of uh, kind of resources through them, but like they didn't finish it. It was just, it just, you know, it was frustrating and asking for money or then not raising enough in Kickstarters and then not being able to fulfill in the way and then having Kickstarters mad and like, you know, trying to figure out ways to overcome it and then getting a job or, but that was the challenge. It was, okay, I hear you, but there are ways that you can do it where it's less expensive. Like it, you don't have to hire me, I'm expensive, right? But you have to take those choices about your needs and wants and what your expectations of your show are gonna be. So. I think that sometimes it's it's good to know whether you really want to do it or not. And I think there's really easy ways to do shows, but you have to have that expectation level and, and really understand that if your goal is to get sponsorship, but you're not spending the time to build the infrastructure first, you're missing a huge step. And I, I've been saying that for a long time and I still will. You know, be willing to spend a little money on your on your show. Don't be afraid of that. Because you're supporting an industry, you're being a part of a community. The number one thing you should be focusing on is your relationships in that industry. And if you do that, the money will come if that is your goal. But don't start with that. Unless you're, you know, I know people who are really good with money. Like, that's a whole other side, right? Like, I think that's a little bit different. Uh, but even people I know that are good with money, like if they're not putting money into knowing SEO or for me, I would go back and I'd, I'd actually hire a web designer and I'd have somebody who was doing my doing show notes. Like if I could go back, that would be the big difference for me uh, because I had decent social media and all that stuff, but my SEO is crap. And I discovered that five, I discovered that this year and I'd never been getting web traffic to my pages. There was things I could have done better. And this entire time that would have led to bigger downloads this entire time. And I had sponsorships and other things, but I just didn't know. You know, I use um, Squarespace. I'm not sponsored by them, but I want yeah. to be. But uh, they have really great SEO options and they have really great courses. And it makes SEO so much yeah. easier. I'm like, I, Squarespace is such a wonderful platform. I use Rank Math. And the difference is, is like, if you want to hear the one thing you should know about that is just make sure you have blog posts. Make sure that you're sending a link out, another link in. Make sure that you are tagging everything, including your photos. And make sure that your podcast is there with notes. You know, put timestamps in there. Don't just have a Buzzsprout page. Don't even just have one tiny paragraph in, in your episode because the only way you're going to get traffic to your podcast is not from tags on iTunes. It's from your SEO. And there's a lot of ways you can get to your podcast, but that's the number one is SEO. Mm -hmm. But then it becomes like, okay, well, how do you monetize your website if people are coming to your website and that's not reflecting on your Spotify subscriptions or your yeah, it is. Um, 
Because if you're getting more numbers, the only way someone's going to, if they go to your the web, if they go into search engines, the only way that you're going to get by through search, the only way through search, is, unless you have like some giant social media is through SEO. That's the only place. Your SEO right. is crap. You're not going to get anyone tagging to your show. They're not just going to randomly find it through Google. They just aren't. Well, you know, what? I, I keep on checking out and I have about, I have about 15% of people listening to my show on, um, through my website, which is like Android friendly. So, but I'm like, again, I'm like, well, how do I monetize that? Do I do like a Substack where I put transcripts into it like every month? That's like a special bonus. Do I do like special video bonus that's just on my website that they can see, you know, like how do I monetize the website? Because right now Spotify. But let's think about it. I want you to think of it differently. I want you to stop and think about it differently. If you made, if you really kind of put more effort into those show notes and got, you know, those tags, right. And more people to your, your website, not 15%, you'd be getting more drives to your show. You'd be getting more numbers right? and you would be getting a spike there, including those blog posts with interesting, good titles that are bringing into it. Cause you do good with social media, but what if the website was really kind of popping in a bigger way? What if that turned into 40%? And what if that 40% meant that you had a big jump in numbers and that led to, you know, and then, then you're right. You can think about, maybe you could think about advertising your website, but there's a lot of ways you can monetize and it fits different for everyone. But if you can get more numbers, you can get more people who are engaging. It just, it builds that base. Right. And there's a lot of options you can do and it doesn't have to be advertising. It can be affiliates. It can be that you have a sponsorship. It can be that you set up a Patreon or that you have a membership community or do courses. It can be that you have a service that you offer. It can be a lot of different ways. For me, I do service work. I do coaching. I have these courses that I do and that's where my monetization comes in. And for most people, it's not advertising. Right, because it's it's not where most of the money right, comes in. Affiliates and and other stuff. I'm actually trying to build out a bunch of other components to the website, but everything has been really slow because I have a baby. But yeah, but I am trying to turn into a little bit of a hub, but it, it's just going a little slow. It'll get there. It's just it'll probably just be like a year in reality, if not like a year and a quarter or a year and a half. <laughs> but it's getting it's, it's sometimes turtle life. But sometimes that. That's where it comes to, because one of the questions you'd read in earlier show notes and like show notes was something that I, I, you know, I'm not even like, I feel like show notes are a place where I have to grow, but bringing on somebody who's a really good show notes writer that knows SEO really well can be like life changer. Um, they might be a terrible editor. So like maybe like my goal with, if I am outsourcing more with the company is, is I'd love to just bring on a really great show notes writer. And if I'm paying them $50 per, that's no problem for me. If that's all I'm spending. And if that means that we are a little farther out for our episodes, that's also cool. But the key is, is like, if that makes the website way better, like awesome, all the better for us because it brings that traffic in. And then you're not worrying about that element. You can focus on something else. So I think sometimes when it comes down to for your podcast, it's really good to bring on a consultant because I feel like sometimes people will come on and this is really normal for so many podcasters. But I see this really the same for like, if you think of the three types, there's like the type A, there's like the easy breezy kind of person, but then there's kind of like the next door one where like, they're like, I don't know what's going on. I can't figure it out, but they never really do the outreach for actually asking anyone for help. And I don't mean like their friends. I mean like somebody, because often I can look at a show, I can go to their website, I can check out the things and I'm like, okay, 
Like I see this, right? And I, that's partly because people have done that for me because I, my friends are a lot of more consultants. So all of a sudden they'll sit there and be like, oh, that's embarrassing. But now I know. And then I can explore that and being a curious person, I spend months researching it. But it's like, tell me about how your mailing list is going. What's up with your, you know, taking a look, where are the places do you have the most people? When's the last time you, what's your consistency like listening to the episode and seeing where some of the faults are? And, and it's pretty quick to be able to figure out which one can be leveraged. So if you're really feeling lost, I think it's great to reach out to a consultant. There's a ton of them, including me. And that's not even me just saying, come hire me, but like, come hire me. Hire Jen. It, it can be like $300 to hire me for an hour. I, or if somebody, you hired somebody to be able to do a, anyway, where someone comes on and they just do like a, a full wa- walkover of your show, there's a name for it. My brain is forgetting it right now. And it might cost you 600, but like, in the scheme of things, that $600, and you hear this in the coaching world, and I've, ugh, it's a little hesitant sometimes, but like it can save you a ton because you also might be able to outsource to, there's a lot of ways to do it that can be somewhat affordable. But I, I think about this with one person who came on in the podcasters forum and she had, you know, she had a Buzzsprout page and her Facebook page, she was just posting a single episode. And she's like, I've done 30. And it was pretty quick to figure out what the answer was. But she'd spent 90 hours, 90 hours of her life. And it wasn't reaching anyone. And that made me sad because she's lovely and her show's good. But that was 90 hours. And it was like, what if those 90 hours hadn't happened? Because if we think about money, what does she get paid at her day job? She's like, it's not my, my day job. If that's 20 an hour, God, right? That's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it is it is it is and uh and consultants elevate your show and they elevate your work and they make your life easier and it's it's kind of like a trainer when you're working out and you just have to fine tune like you kind of know the movements or maybe you don't and you just need somebody to teach you and um i think i think that's a great idea we also talked about you know like how can one discover their podcasting style right i'm sure you see that a lot like Different people have a different style. And um, how do you help people discover their podcasting style? Or like, what advice do you have for people? I would say I, that's where I really like personality quizzes is kind of knowing where you're at. But there's also the style of like, what's what do you want for content? Like, how much do you want to be able to have it out there? Uh, I love creating time to, for planning in my life. And what that means is I sit down and intentionally go through like, well, what do I, what's the time I actually have? What are the things that bring me joy for it? Uh, what are some topics that I know a bunch of things about? Uh, how can I do that easily? How can I figure out how to do that thing easily? <laughs> right. And so for us and what we did, I think this is the best way I can put it because one, I ended up creating this light survey that sort of helped with it. And with my clients, we do that. And then we do a content deep dive to be able to sort of figure out who your market is and, you know, get, get a good start in a very short amount of time, just to begin, just like that surface level, then to take it and try it. So for me, it was like, we tried the Q and A. The Q and A didn't really land. The Facebook group for how I was doing things with the workshop in the fall didn't really land because it wasn't about that I wasn't posting every day. It was that they were so disparate and I didn't have that connection with them um, based on where the leads came from, you know? And then from there, it it was recognizing it was just constantly making small tweaks, but staying open to that. So, you know, start going live, see who's posting, reach out to those people personally. So don't just assume that they are going to 
reach out to you. Like be open to saying, hey, Sandra, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Thank you for coming onto my live. How have you been? And then ask them questions because I promise you every single time I've sat down and done that, I get advice within a half an hour because they know that they're, I, I, I'm, I'm comfortable because I've been asking about them because I frankly am curious about them. I haven't caught up with them. It's been like freaking, you know, year nobody's seen each other. But it, it really helps because they're like, hey, I, I don't understand what you're doing. Like I've gotten that this last month and, and it's like, oh, that's actually helpful uh, because I'm glad to know that because it helps me be like, oh, I need to work on this side of the message or I need to change this piece of it. And that's so much with your podcast is I think it's a good place to even start going live. Um, if you can, and then, you know, tweak that message, find out the stuff that's fun. Cause I've done like all kinds of content over the years. I've done narrative, I've done storytelling. I've uh, done just straight interviews. I've done like multi-part segment, different shows. I've worked on all kinds of stuff because I like to play with stuff that, you know, might be easier how to make that hard and find out something that's easy and works for you, but then also gets engagement. If you're not getting engagement, find out why there's probably something that needs to get tweaked. But like, I know people who just do lives and their communities and they're great coaches and they are just, you know, absolutely connecting with people. And it's because they're really good at connecting with people and their message makes sense and they're really good at it. And the more that you're good at that message and practice it and get feedback, the closer you're going to get to where you want to be to be able to fit out whatever that goal is. And that goal might just be a hobby and find out someone else who wants to have that hobby because your friends are tired of like, you talking about that hobby. It really might be just that. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's great advice. I think that's wonderful. And, and, you know, speaking of hobbies, what kind of creative projects do you like to work on with people? Like, what is Jenny like? I was working on something doing sound design with somebody and I love doing vocal coaching with folks where we're playing around with story. He had a lot of fun with the project and he ended up having a bunch of personal things. And it was too bad to leave that because uh, we were working with the stories he'd already written. And then I was also vocal coaching him through it, helping him with that inflection, getting that sense going, and then slightly tweaking the script to be able to actually convert it. And I love doing projects like that. I did narrative for years. So there's a lot of that. Can Even content conversion. I just uh, sent off a proposal to somebody where they have a crazy interesting particular perspective and backstory. And I've been doing all these videos and they want to turn these long videos into like short five, 10 minute ones. Then with transcripts, which then can even go into blogs, again, coming back to the SEO. The conversion is not always something you want to do. But when I think about the amount of traffic she can get from all of that, it's like mind blowing because she can probably like I would say 10 times the amount of traffic can come to her page just from that content uh, because it's so it's engaging. People are interested in it. I, I like working with people to be able to find a solution to their problem. Like when I'm looking at launches, that's often a thing because I think it's really good to get an outside perspective from folks. And I love being able to be the one who asks the questions to find like to earworm into their ear to figure out where that is and then open up the brain to something they hadn't thought and then leave them alone for a little while. I mean, like one client, she, she left for like seven months and then she's like, I've been thinking about it. I don't think that's going to work. I want to come back to it, but I have another idea. Right. And I I get that a lot or or I'll leave them alone and they'll come to me six weeks later and they're like, Oh my gosh, I have been writing every day for 200 days. And Jenny, it's totally changed me. And now I'm doing this or, Oh my gosh, you know, I didn't even think to ask anyone how to use this mic correctly and crud, it is like there. And it happens all the time. Cause I'll, you know, it's kind of like you with the mic. I'm like, 
hey, you, at the beginning of this, when you uh, were connected and I was like, don't use your headphones. By the way, you don't have to change that. We, I can do this in five minutes. But it's because like I can visualize things really easily, even if it's not in front of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had like technical difficulties. And uh, the funny thing that happened was I had this whole entire uh, Focusrite set up with my mic connected to my large computer before I had the baby. And I like figured out how to turn on my Focusrite, how to record an audition, how to get the audition to like to the Squadcast site. Like it was very complicated, more complicated than it should be. And then I had the baby and like all that knowledge just went out the window because my like the last three months I've just been like keeping a human alive. Yeah. And I've just had it. Like I just haven't used those skills and I've only used them once before. So it's like riding a bike and then never riding it again. <laughs> and it's like, Whoa, okay. I need to relearn. And then, uh, I was going to record with my normal, like little earbuds today. And Jenny's like, no, no, no. Take one second to do it. And here we are. And we have wonderful audio. I mean, it's not perfect, but like with me, when someone sends me audio that's iffy, but it's better than it was, I can usually do a lot with it because I have the program for that and I have the studio for it to be able to fix things. It, it can be, I can be fixed. It can be fixed, right? Like, and I think you're a fixer. I think, you know, you like Very the much. challenge of figuring out how to fix something. It's like, oh my God, this is a story. <laughs> and I, I think it's a good one for everyone. Uh, it was like, I don't, it was a few months ago. And I was, uh, I had this problem and I was on the phone with my dad. I'm like, dad, I'm so frustrated. I'm giving up. I get off the phone with him. I sit down. And about 20 minutes later, my dad texts me. He goes, you know, my daughter's never quit anything before. And he wasn't saying he even to encourage me. He was just like, come on. And I texted him back. I'm like, yeah, I figured it out. Like I did not quit. I just kept going. I'd figured it out. I'd solve the problem. And it's cause like, I want my dad's the same way. And we, he, he like really trained me and be able to do that. And he's such a loving, open, wonderful dad. And it's been one of those things where both of us are like, we want to be able to be able to find the solution because there isn't always a solution, but there's usually a route. So if something's really frustrating, what dad will say is often, well, what are you going to do about it? And sometimes I'm like, I'm going to take a day and be frustrated. And he says, really? And I'm like, yep. And then tomorrow we're going to work on it again. And I started being allowing myself to do that also, but more, more often than not, it's like make a plan and make, and, you know, and make that plan work. And you'll, you'll get there and it doesn't have to be there yet. But like, instead of living in frustration or just giving up, I enjoy being able to get to that other side. And probably my biggest frustration is when there's like, when the solution goes away or I can't reach somebody to figure it out and it's just kind of gone. And I'm like, but I could have solved it. And I have to sort of let that go because everybody's journey is different. And that's been really good for me to know. But as far as like things that I can help when I'm being asked, because that's really key. And, you know, I'm, I'm one who doesn't really love unsolicited advice. And I'm learning how to like be more open on all that. But it, it is partly because like I want to find the solution. I want to see it where I've learned because people can do that for me is to I have to let people do that for me, too. <laughs> and that's really been a journey that I, I've, I've really improved on a lot, especially this year that I, I can be more open and start to like release that tension, you know, and it, well, you it's know very positive. <laughs> the most amazing thing about unsolicited advice is that like, if you let the ego go, sometimes you're like, Oh, huh? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Like, all right. Deli noted, like I'll help you iterate. And, uh, the other part is that like, you don't have to act on it either. You can just go. Thank you. 
you know? I think that was the part that I, I'm getting more used to is the thank you. And it, it really came from like years being in pro audio and like being a teacher and like just hitting a point of being like, like, I hear you that you want to help me, but I actually do like to try to, sometimes I like being in the sticky middle because I can find the solution. And when someone hands it to me, then I can't figure it out. And that's where I'm, now I'm starting to let that go more. But it really is helpful for me to, especially in technical things, to be able to find a solution. And once I find it, I like going through other people's solutions. So when I reach out, it can be there. But I think some of it then built like that it happened too much. And then like there was that frustrated ego. And it was like, okay, okay, we've gone too far with your frustration here. A lot of that needs to get let go. And, you know, that's part of the personal journey, especially as an entrepreneur is just finding your ways to stay open and reopen yourself when you're shutting off. And for me, the one I've been doing is like opening back up my shoulders. And I know they talk about the hero pose and all of that, but because I've been doing so many meetings in the last two, three months, I started noticing when I was feeling frustrated that I was hunching forward and it was like, oh my God, I'm doing it. And it was huge because so I like was able to start being like, okay, open, breathe, shoulders. I have big boobs. And then say, how are you doing? <laughs> Me too. So I and then say to you, me. how are you doing? Yeah. So I always feel like very self-conscious, like, because I'm like, hello, <laughs> but they're not like that big, but I still Hi. feel like, like, I think it's, it's, it's different for a woman than a man, you know, like when a man puffs up his chest, then it's like, they don't have like feeding devices on them that people pay attention to. No. But I do like the hero. And mine aren't feeding anyone, but they're like right now. And you have a it's very conscious in your mind since the timer just went off. <laughs> right? But it's, it, you know, it, yeah. there is something about that pose. It's like, and I tend to make myself small and hunch over too. So it's a tendency to just like take up space, be more present, monitor your body language. Especially anyone who's like been in a, like you having been in, in situations where you're in boardrooms and like all of that, or like, you know, same thing where I've been in really ma male dominated areas at times, or I've been like, you know, gone through trauma. And so it's like relearning to open those things and not to reduce yourself. Cause I did find that I had been reducing myself for a long time. And once you sort of recognize it, it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm not reducing myself anymore. It can just be like, open up your shoulders, girl. It's so true. You know, I think there's so much psychology that goes into it. And I think it's so interesting. You know, like, I think all of that advice is really great. I think your dad is giving great advice because I think you're so tenacious. And I've been really hesitant to get help, like my whole entire life, because I'm an only child and my mom is single. And I'm like, I'm just used to making things my own way. I'm like, okay, I am. Mm -hmm. But finally, like, in the last, like, 10 years, maybe even six. I've just been like, I'm going to ask for help because I want to get there faster. I'm not going to sit there trying to like hit my head against the wall, trying to figure it out on my own. Like it's okay to ask for help and it doesn't make you weak. It just makes you ask for help. And I resonate with that hundred percent. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, I don't have to like carry this whole entire burden on my back the whole entire time. Like it's, it's okay to let go and it's not going to make me weak. And, and speaking of decades, you know, like what has kept you creative in the last decade? Like you mentioned, you know, you've had 3000 mm. lives and I think that probably feeds into it. <laughs> it makes it exciting and it keeps you on your toes and you learn stuff. I would say it's my, it's really the people that are in my life. I mean, a lot like my dad and I are really that he's so creative and we, we have that element of it, but I also have a lot of creative people in my life, but really, I also create routines as far as fostering that. And I make sure that I schedule in writing and that I have times quarterly and monthly and weekly to be able to 
put down ideas and then reorganize myself. Like one of my goals in the next couple of weeks, because there's just been a chaos. And one, one day I'm looking around and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't sleep well last night. No. And all those little things, because it was just sort of like going through. And I said, okay, we need to look at our schedule and we need to clean up the house a little bit. And it's time to like, maybe do like a week of morning writing to just sort of bring back in because we can't be creative all the time. But when we can build in little structured time, uh, like for playing piano or for singing, it really brings us back to who we are. And then for me, usually it brings a certain amount of levity and it opens up like the problem solving. So if I can't figure out a solution to a problem, it's often good for me to sing a song because it's another part of my brain and it allows me to relax or take a walk with no technology or try to draw on a material. I'm not great at drawing or I'll pull out the Legos because I love puzzles, but I don't have that much space. So like, you know, just something that like tactile and pulls me out of it or take a day off and drive to the ocean. Something that like changes that part and inspires who we are allows us to be able to bring back to it because we have to foster it. It's a relationship. It's like any relationship we have in our lives. And the more that we foster it, the better we're at at our other relationships because we're not creatively frustrated taking it out on our partners. And you know what? Um, Einstein used to play a violin in order to get unstuck. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. And it, yeah, it's it's about letting your brain like be in its subconscious and like leaving it alone and just like focusing and and letting it rest. Right back to going going back to rest. Rest is really key. Allow yourself to do nothing, and that for me has been a challenge and one that is a huge goal of this year is now instead of even fostering time is fostering space because when uh, as a, as a person who lives in a tiny studio who is single and i have a community of people but like i'm not taking care of a child i'm not living with a partner i run my own company so there's pieces of it that i could really just work all the time and that's not healthy. You know what? I'm the same way. And like having a child now and being married, it's like, it's like, oh my God, I relish that time where I just like, you know, a room of one's yeah. own, you know, Virginia Woolf, where mm-hmm. you could just like do everything. Now it's like, I have to really, 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 really make time for it. And I have to set things up and I have to be like, who can watch the baby? <laughs> like who can, you know, like it's, I, I, both things are wonderful, but as a creative person, like, God damn, having that time to myself is really missed. <laughs> I, I learned that from so many of my mom friends like you. I have a ton of mom friends of kids under five. And I feel like seeing how they have structured that time because it's important. And even like talked with them about how they can do that because like, you know, I'm, I'm more accessible than other folks and uh, love kids, love them. So it's it's nice to give that the, those reminders and then being like, oh, I should do that too. Right. But like maybe in the opposite side of it, like but you know what? I, the the best thing is it's always like everything everything changes, right? Like this is not forever. This is not my state forever. Like I remember when I was single and I was really looking forward to like meeting somebody I really clicked on because I kept on having these like awful relationships for like a while. Like two years, I was just like on Bumble dating douches and it was just awful. And I was like, this is hell. And I was like, God, I can't wait to like till I meet somebody and like life is clicking. 
but it was that like, oh, it's always like, when do I get to the next thing? You know, like now that I'm a mom, I'm like, I can't wait to have some free time again. <laughs> like that'll be nice. But it's like, just, just enjoy whatever you're in. Like that's the meditation, right? Appreciate it and take advantage of it and like maximize every freaking minute of whatever time you have whenever you have it. And that's, that can be podcasting too, is, is like mm-hmm. be in the moment with what you're doing in your journey in podcasting. It's easy to say, you know, like the part where I said this most controversial one that I get the most pushback on is I would say, make sure like really enjoy the moment of where you're at and think about, you know, the moments that you're appreciating of it. And I, I feel like the people who are happiest as podcasters are the ones who are doing that really intentionally and having aren't treating that with like just a beauty to it because they're, they're the most settled people that I know in the community. And because they, they have that, that in the now thing that they've developed and it's not that they have always had it, but be part of your journey. Mm -hmm. And speaking of your future journey, uh, what is your dream? What is your dream as an adult? Oh my God. A friend of mine once said to be happy, and I, I would say somewhere similar to that, but it's it's not that necessarily. It's it's to I mean it's hard to say that I want more because I do, and I think that's some of it. Is it sort of to finally move back and on from sort of the things that have the expectations and all those pieces of, of like, you know, 15, 20, 30 years of my life doing all these things and the dreams I had and being able to have something that like, is this big, beautiful picture that I can be hiring a team with and it is something that's accessible and that, you know, I'm, I'm able to especially be able to support and enjoy my parents and they're, you know, they're not 20 anymore. And to be able to have that with joy because like life can be challenging, but I want to be able to bring more joy to people. Having been somebody who's been through a bunch of stuff. I I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm, I'm ready to like really let the past go finally and to embrace like the possibilities of what can come, but without the sense of like, my goal is to make 500,000 a year in five years. And Although I hope I do not want to be making what I'm making currently in five years. Let's just put that in place. There's a context there. Let's go for a million. Uh, Let's go for a million. Like, (laughs) dream big. You know what I mean? Give yourself a I do. I mean, like, (laughs) I want to put out another album. I mean, I want to write books. I want to be able to travel more and, like, really be able to explore and do some things. I want to take off time and not hustle. I think it's like, I want to have a little room to dream and to, well, without it being a way of avoiding life, which I think I, cause I love to do those like travel and all that stuff. But often it's been like, I need to leave for two weeks. I need to take a trip as opposed to being like, I worked toward this and now I get to explore this dream. And I think just living a more intentional life and finding out ways to do that and continue to explore that in like health and like really healthy ways. You know, I used to feel, speaking of healthy, I used to feel really guilty about taking like two weeks off at work or like taking time off to do anything. And then I just kind of realized like everything you do kind of feeds into whatever you are, especially as a creative. So it's like you're never really avoiding life because you're living life and you're alive and you're experiencing life and you need to be able to experience life so you can live. Absolutely. Experience life so you can live. Right? Right. That's a good one. 
That is a good one. And I hope I come to Portland and I hope the pandemic is over and we can all hang yes. and um, it can we'll be fun. There. We'll I know. I can finally see you. I know. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Dreams, yeah. right? Dreams into reality. Dreams. Dreams and, are turning into reality. And I always tell people, like, if you're having a dream, right? If you have, like, a flying dream, it's like, have an amazing dream. Like, I, I find myself, like, limiting myself in my dreams. I had a dream that, like, I was making out with Harry Styles and I was like, can I kiss you? Can I get consent? And I was like, why am I asking for consent in my dream? Like, what is going on? Like, why am I limiting my own dreams? This is supposed to be a fantasy. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm already like, like hey girl. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. But you know, I think we limit our dreams and just like, why not dream big? You know, if you dream like Jay-Z is not like Jay-Z and Beyonce are like, oh no, we're only going to make 80 million each together like they make 80 million each a year which is insane like my brain has not been able to expand to that dream size yet but like go to jeff bezos level why not see what happens when you go there i don't know i think i am allowing myself to explore options again because i think there's been just i think it's so easy and this year so many people experienced it of being in a place of really dreaming about just you know, what's the word? Just getting by. Yes, yeah. And and when when you're spending all that time, it can be really exhausting energy. And there's a lot of things you can do to switch that. Things that you know are you know not serving you. And when you're when you're feeling frustrated, I think so many people experience that. And uh, I know it's not been like the topic here in this talk at all. But I think that what's cool is when you bring up the dreams and you talk about that. Is, is the more you allow yourself to dream, and that's the same thing coming back to the creative planning, creating that, is allowing yourself to allow yourself to do that, which is actually for a lot of people very challenging. So if, yeah, if you're spending all your time trying to survive, it's really hard to dream. So sometimes you need to dream to be able to stop just surviving. Yes, that's a whole entire conversation, you know, and it comes with uh, socioeconomic mm -hmm. levels too, and who gets to dream and who doesn't. And that was actually like the basis for me starting this podcast. The privilege yeah, of the it. privilege of it, because I think when you start listening to different episodes, you can tell the people who are privileged and who aren't. Um, I know as an immigrant, you know, growing up in Russia with no running water, like I, it's, it's a miracle that I was encouraged the dream a lot of times forget who you had on and you were talking about how when you were growing up and you always had to take care of the kids you didn't think about you weren't thinking about you're working at 10 you weren't thinking about what you did to play when you were yeah i think that was my friend ku i think it was my friend ku esther ku who's and you both were like yeah i didn't think of that yeah it was like i wasn't considering that that wasn't like on my mind it wasn't that i even felt like i missed it i just didn't yeah it's about high, reaching higher frequencies right reaching higher dimensions it's very interesting, but I'm really excited for for the future brings and uh, just to see more of your creative projects coming to life and seeing podcasters form grow. And I totally will order a t-shirt if you make one. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to be doing that soon. Yeah. I feel like what I love, it's like I'm adding one little thing at a time so that I'm not, you know, like you said, I'm going to do all the things and then all of a sudden you can't do all the things. But but now I'm scheduling out for the next month. I look forward to it. Yeah, I can't wait. That's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. Well, thank you so much for taking some time aside and uh, popping in and saying hello. It's yeah. been really good to catch up. Thank you, Yulia. This has been really good. I know. Good. Thank you for fixing my audio. <laughs> Always. Any day. Any day. Thanks for tuning into the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Dream Nation Love. 
it's not Dream Nation podcast, it's Dream Nation love because I think my single mission in life is to teach people how to love a little bit more and together we can save the world. So it's Dream Nation love, share it with your friends, have a great day and go out and make the world a better place.